Hi, my name is John Whitaker, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. Here on the Bible in Life, we are all about blue jeans theology. That is theology in everyday dress, everyday life, so that you can follow Jesus right in the midst of your everyday life. Over the last handful of weeks, we've been exploring various questions, questions of faith, questions of doubt, wrestling with those questions and trying to be honest with them and think through maybe some uh, guidelines and some framework for kind of processing those questions. Obviously, we've left a a lot unsaid. (laughs) You can only say so much. And it would be great to have sat in a room and had this dialogue with each and every one of you and just kind of thought this through together. But hopefully, this series has provided at least some guidance and some help as you think through these kinds of questions and wrestle with your own faith and your own walk with God. This is going to be the final episode in that series, and we'll be uh, launching a new series next week. And so here on this episode, we are going to wrap up our Questions of Doubt series by really looking at what is the heart and the soul and the key to this whole thing for me. And I already pretty much said it last week, so I want to uh, develop it in full on this episode, and that is Jesus and his resurrection. For me, it all comes down to Jesus. There's stuff about the Bible I don't understand. Uh, There's stuff sometimes in my own walk with God that don't make sense. There's things about God I I wish were different or I I wish I knew more about, right? That's that's like the ant trying to understand me. And, you know, I was like, man, I just can't fully get my, my finite little mind around all of who God is. And so there's questions that don't always, I can't always figure out or that I only have kind of tentative answers to. There's things about the future and our Christian hope that don't always make sense to me, and I'm not sure how God's going to work that out, and I wish I understood more of that. If we're honest, walking with God doesn't always make sense, and we can't always figure everything out. But, as I noted last week, but Jesus, Jesus and his resurrection— And that's what it all comes down to, is Jesus and him risen from the dead. So, on this episode, what I want to explore is, why do I believe Jesus and him risen from the dead? And there's a handful of, uh, like, virtually undisputed historical facts that really only make sense if indeed Jesus rose from the dead. Like, that's, that's the whole foundation of our faith as followers of Jesus, that he rose from the dead. In fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, look, if if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, then our faith is worthless, right? Like that's the whole foundation uh, of our faith. Uh, And so it really all comes down to that. But here's the amazing thing is there, there are historians, even unbelieving historians who agree to these, these, this set of historical facts And when we stop and think about it and we wrestle with these facts, we look at the alternatives, these historical facts, the best explanation, the only explanation that really makes sense of all the facts is that Jesus indeed rose from the dead. And conveniently, with just a little effort, the key, at least a handful of these key facts spell the word Easter which makes it easy to remember these key facts. And so here they are, I'll list them off, and then I'll just talk about each one a little bit as we think through why why should we believe in Jesus and him risen from the dead. So here's, here's Easter, the key facts. Empty tomb. Appearances 
after the resurrection, that the apostles say they that, that he appeared to them, appearances. Skeptics converted, transformed apostles, existence of the church, and the rite or the ritual of baptism. Like those six facts spell the word Easter. They're undisputed historical facts. That means they're objective, verifiable things. They're not like personal subjective experiences. They're objective, verifiable historical facts, and they demand some sort of explanation. And if we're honest, the only explanation that adequately explains all the facts is the resurrection. It's the only explanation that was ever given by Jesus' first followers. So let's talk about each of these facts just briefly as we kind of wrestle with this final question that for me, when I can't figure out all the other stuff that I wish I knew, this is why I'm a follower of Jesus, because Jesus is risen from the dead. So empty tomb, like uh, a few days after Jesus' death, his tomb was found empty. The fact is, no one denied that. Uh, even, even the opponents of the apostles didn't deny it. They, they tried to give an alternative explanation. Oh, you need to go tell people that his followers stole the body. That's admitting that the tomb is empty. Uh, and most historians, uh, even unbelieving historians, say that uh, without an empty tomb, it was impossible for for you know the Jesus story for Christianity to ever even begin. Like, it, it, if there was a full tomb and a body, then how could they ever have preached the resurrection of Jesus in Jerusalem, the very city where it happened, where the tomb was just a short walk outside of the city, and anyone could have verified or uh, you know denied that simple little fact, right? Like, empty tomb. Like, there had to have been an empty tomb. However it got there, it, it had to be empty, or else the people on the day of Pentecost, we're talking just a few short weeks after Jesus' supposed resurrection, in Jerusalem, 3,000 people put their faith in Jesus and get baptized, and all they had to do to prove Peter's sermon false was to walk outside the city and say, hey, look, here's his tomb, it's still closed up. It's still sealed. No, no. The empty tomb, somehow that tomb got empty. Uh, the, the next one is appearances after the resurrection, that he appeared to them. Like the apostles all claimed this. Even the apostle Paul, who became a follower of Jesus four years later, we'll talk about him in the next point, skeptics converted. But even if the apostle Paul said Jesus appeared to him. Uh, we have reference in 1 Corinthians 15 of Jesus appearing to uh, all these different lists of people, uh, including a group of 500 people at once, we have stories in the Gospels of them appearing to people. What accounts for the appearances? And, and again, they could have made up the story, but then why didn't they ever deny the story when they were threatened or tortured or abused or ultimately killed for the story, right? Like, they all believed that Jesus appeared to them and talked with them and ate with them after he had been crucified. What explains that fact? Um, skeptics converted. Uh, the, again, the, the primary example of that is the Apostle Paul. Like Here was not just an, a skeptic, he was an opponent. He was such an opponent that he, he was willing to travel up to Damascus, 130 miles northeast of Jerusalem, to arrest Christians and bring them back for trial. He was willing to get official letters to give him the authority to do that. Like He was that much of an opponent of this whole thing. And in the midst of his opposition, 
by his own account, he was, um, he w- Jesus appeared to him and redirected his life, and he went from being chief opponent to chief promoter of Jesus and his resurrection. Uh, it was the it was the fact that Jesus was alive that completely shifted the Apostle Paul's whole worldview and the whole direction of his life from opponent to promoter. And he he suffered, he bled, he gave up his whole livelihood, he gave up comfort, right? He gave up friends and family, he gave up his future, he risked um, his eternity because in believing that Jesus was the Messiah, uh, Paul made major shifts in his approach to his theology and his belief system that as a practicing Jew meant, uh, if I don't if I don't believe these things, then my future, my eternal future is at, at risk and at stake. And Paul uh, you know, risked his e- eternal future on the basis that he was convinced Jesus was risen from the dead. That was why he was a believer in Jesus, that Jesus appeared to him. And re- or just read 1 Corinthians 15. Read uh, Galatians chapter chapter 1, right? Like it was the resurrection of Jesus that changed his life. He wasn't the only one. Like we have uh, James, the brother of Jesus, becoming a key leader in the Jerusalem church. And when you read through uh, the Gospels, James wasn't believing in Jesus. But after his resurrection, he believed in him. Uh, and 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us, well, that's because Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection. It's like, this is what changed the, their life. So skeptics converted, transformed apostles Read the story of the apostles. There's infighting, there's arrogance, there's pride, there's confusion, there's doubt, right? Um, When Jesus gets crucified, they're hiding, they're cowardly, they don't know what to make of the whole thing. And then weeks later, literally just weeks later, in the very city where Jesus was crucified, and not just in the city, in the very temple that was the center of power of those who wanted Jesus dead, there's the apostles, these cowardly, confused ones just a few weeks early. There's the apostles now preaching Jesus and specifically preaching his resurrection right there in the Jerusalem temple in the, the halls of power for those who made sure Jesus was killed. How did that happen? How did they go from cowardly, confused, hiding, um, right, to to actually courageous, bold preaching Jesus? And then keep reading Acts. and. And not only are they preaching in the temple, they're actually now being pulled into the the chambers of the very chief priests who called for Jesus' execution. And they're basically saying, look, we can't stop preaching what we have seen and heard. And they're telling him, so do to us what you have to do, but we got to keep preaching this because this is what happened and this is the truth. So they get whipped and beaten and they go home rejoicing that they were willing to suffer shame for his name. I mean, that's how deep the conviction went. No. We saw it, we heard it, we talked with him, we ate with him. We know what happened. We have been commissioned to tell the story. We're going to keep doing it no matter what you do to us. Transformed apostles. The existence of the church. The existence of the church. It didn't come into existence on a personal subjective experience. It didn't come into existence on just a great you know, moral code. It came into existence for one and only one reason. That the apostles, and including the apostle Paul, they preached Jesus and his resurrection. That, that's the only reason. The only reason that there is a thing called the Christian church is because the apostles, beginning in Jerusalem and then 
all the way throughout the Greco-Roman world, they preached Jesus and his resurrection. That's why the church came into existence. As one scholar said, the existence of the church rips a resurrection-sized hole into history. There is no other explanation for it. So how did the church ever begin? How did it begin and how did it continue to exist? Um, the only reason ever given was the resurrection. And then the, the rite or the ritual of baptism. Like Baptism is a tangible celebration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is the oldest ritual in the church. Like from the very first day of the church, Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were baptized. Like from the beginning, they were, they were celebrating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in a tangible concrete rite or ritual as the, the, the door of entry into their faith. It's like, you believe in Jesus? Well, then you need to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. The ritual baptism celebrates that. Now, again, all of these are objective historical facts. They're just part of history. Um, what happened that explains these facts? Um, this is the, the explanation, the only explanation ever given in the very city where the events happened was the resurrection. Um, this is, the resurrection is the very explanation that they gave in the presence of hostile eyewitnesses um, who never denied the empty tomb, who never denied some of these basic facts, right? It's the, the very explanation that they gave in the face of torture and death, and they never recanted. They never changed the story. They never even questioned the story. Um, it was, it was, uh, again, wasn't a subjective personal experience. I mean, it had a personal effect deeply on them, but it was an objective historical event that could be verified. Um, and that's what they talked about. Um, they talked about everywhere they went, that Jesus was risen from the dead. Why is he Messiah and Lord? He was risen from the dead. Um, that's what it all came down to. And so it's all that they talked about. It's all that they declared. It's all that they wrote. And they did all of that right during the lifetime of eyewitnesses. Like the Apostle Paul is preaching and teaching and starting churches and writing letters during the lifetime of eyewitnesses. It's being preached about in the city of Jerusalem just weeks after all these events happen. I mean, that's the, the heart and soul and the centerpiece of the Christian faith. It was founded on an empty tomb and a, the resurrection. And so for me, that's the anchor. That's the secure thing I can't deny. Regardless of what other doubts assail me, I'm a believer and a Christian because Jesus rose from the dead. Um, I trust the story. I trust the facts. It makes sense. It's the only thing that makes sense of the facts. And when I went through, as I noted on the very first episode of this series, um, as I went through my season of questioning and doubting and wrestling and struggling, what it really came down to was this, Jesus and the resurrection. Um, these documents are written too early. These documents are too reliable. The only story ever told is that Jesus rose from the dead. It's the only thing that makes sense of the empty tomb and the fact that they, are, they were convinced he talked with them and ate with them after the fact. It's the only thing that makes sense of the utter transformation of their life and the conviction with which they lived their life right up until the end. Um, nothing else makes sense was that Jesus rose from the dead. And so um, that is the anchor point for our faith. And so when all other questions uh, begin to 
uh, assail me, I know that Jesus rose from the dead, and in him I have put my faith. And so my future is secure, not because I can totally understand what's going to happen in the future, not because I can totally picture a new heavens and a new earth. Um, my future is secure because Jesus rose from the dead. And if he is risen, uh, then as he promised and as the apostles promised about him, he will raise me from the dead as well. Resurrection will happen to me and to all who put their faith in him. I believe that because he already did it. It already happened. And there is now new creation available because of that. And so the anchor point for, for our faith is not our feelings, not our ability to sort everything out, not our ability to get all our questions answered, not our uh, perfect understanding of Scripture. The anchor point for our faith ultimately is Jesus and him risen from the dead. If he is risen, that changes everything. It changes everything. And so I put my hope in that, and I pray that you do too. That's the bedrock solid foundation of your faith. Hey, this has been a fun series. I've gotten some good feedback on this series. If you've got other questions like this, feel free to shoot them my way, and maybe I can work a few more of those into future episodes of the podcast. And as always, and share this podcast with your friends, post on social media, like and subscribe uh, this podcast, maybe leave a review on your uh, podcast player app if it has that option for you. Thanks a ton to those of you who make this possible by your generosity and your support. And if you want to join the team, you can do so down at the give link in the notes below. God bless you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week walking with and serving the risen Jesus. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking to you next week.